Welcome to the Man of Honor podcast with your host, former NFL player, Pastor Ed Tandy McGlasson. On today's podcast, Ed talks with author, writer, and founder of Discerning Dad, Tim Ferrara. And now, here's Ed. So welcome today to Man of Honor podcast. Today we have a real special guest, Tim Ferrara, and he... uh, has an incredible ministry and outreach to dads called Discerning Dads. And um, started Discerning Dads as a way to kind of write and encourage um, men to grow in discernment and to make better decisions that honor God with their kids, with their family, and and their wife. So anyway, Tim, welcome. He's a podcaster like me, and uh, I am so grateful to... uh, have you here, a man of honor. Welcome. Yeah, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here, and it's been good to get to know you, and I'm just really happy that we get to chat. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about just your uh, nexus and how you, um, how God has kind of turned you in, into a guy that's, who really wants to be and strives to be a discerning dad. Tell me a little bit of your story. Yeah, you know, like like you said in the bio, I grew up in church all my life. My dad was a pastor. My wife's dad was a pastor. And so I grew up in the church, but uh, I pursued business right out of college. I toyed with the idea of being a pastor. And I was like, eh, I don't think so. I kind of like business. So I just did that. And, you know, life was good. I struggled with sin here and there, but I was, quote, a good Christian. Um, and then you know, I have two kids. My son's 13, my daughter's six, uh, eight, sorry. And uh, about 2018, I was really getting called to full-time ministry. And I didn't know what that meant. I was, you know, knee deep in uh, retail management, which I like to say that God delivered me from retail management <laughs> <laughs> recently. Most people would be uh, delivered from retail management. Yes. Uh, but I spent 24 years there at the same job. So wait, I'm wait, not wait, a big 24. risk taker. You look at your face. You look 27. So three years old, <laughs> did you actually uh, start in retail that can, management? That could be our secret. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, tw- I'm 29. <laughs> so I just plugged away. You know, I, I did. I was just going through the motions. I didn't really think I was going to leave. But then uh, I started just feeling this emptiness as far as purpose in life. Yeah. You know, thinking about if I died today, what is my son or my daughter going to say about me? Just that I sold toilet paper or that I actually gave back a little bit to this life. And so I started serving more in church. I became an elder uh, on the elder board. And uh, about 2018, I started to hear from God full time ministry. And I didn't know what that meant, but I did feel immensely called to start uh, this ministry called Discerning Dad. And it was in the, I, I know the exact spot in church where I was sitting when I started to get this download from heaven, you know, like the original cloud where God just kind of gives you this yeah. data download. And so I, I went home, I started to just journal all these thoughts, this this logo idea, the the, the what I could blog about. Uh, And then I had to start going through the process of, you know, how to make a website, how to blog. I didn't know any of this stuff. I didn't write very much, except, you know, when I was in college, I don't necessarily like to write. So I started blogging really with the purpose of helping others grow in discernment, making better decisions every day that puts us down a path of blessing in our life instead of a path that we have to pay for consequences for. And so that led to a blog, which led to my first book, which led to a podcast and now a second book. And so I'm really just on this journey of, 
uh, trying to be faithful with what I hear God leading me to do. And that also led to uh, early in early 2021, an opportunity to be an executive pastor full time to take the business knowledge I had and apply it to church, where I'm more like the operations manager, if you will, of the church where I can handle finances and vendors and employee relationships, which is what I love to do and also be a pastor, you know, preach on occasion, but also, you know, implement the vision of our senior pastor. So it's really a great fit for me. I'm, I'm blessed to be able to do what I do. And uh, it's really just through one step at a time being faithful to hearing God. Whereas five years ago, if, if you were to tell me, hey, you're going to be a pastor, I would have laughed at you. But God took me on a journey of small steps, small open doors that led me down a path to where I am today. And so I would just say, you know, don't despise small beginnings. Don't despise small steps that God is leading you down because you never know where it might go. And if you're trusting God, you know, it will go down a place that is for your good. Well, that's good. Well, you know, that, that is a, you know, that's your uh, um, incredible leading, but you shared in there something that's really profound and it's really the secret. And that is you gave up the leadership of your life and you started to follow the Lord. Yeah. You know, Jesus, you know, in Matthew there talks about Jesus, um, the Son of Man really couldn't do anything on his own, but he can only do what he saw his father doing or what he heard his father saying. And so the Son of God who died, you know, th you know, thousands of years ago could only follow himself. Then what do we do? And yet for us mm -hmm. as men, I don't know about you, but my biggest mistake is when I became the leader. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. Oh, that's powerful. So how did you and learn think, to follow? You know, that's a that's a powerful concept, but you know, guys are listening and they're going, Okay, I don't follow very well. And, you know, how did how did you learn to do that? Yeah, there's really two verses that have been pivotal. And when I preach discernment and following God and his voice is Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not in your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And that is a promise, you know, as you lean on God. And the other one is Romans 12, 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So then you will be able to discern God's perfect and pleasing will for your life. So there is, you know, if you do this, then this will happen. So if you are not conformed to this world, but transformed, renewing your mind, the battle that we have in our mind daily, the battle for whatever it is, whatever vice you have, if we give into that, or if we are led by the spirit, then we're able to discern God's will for our life. And I think I've been in the path too, where I just kind of go through the motions. And I think there's many men that go through the motions of their daily life, the daily grind. I work, I come home, rinse and repeat. I barely see my kids. I don't treat my wife with, you know, I don't treat her like I did when we were dating. And then maybe at some point in my life, I can find peace. I can find fulfillment. Maybe when the kids are this age, maybe when I'm retired and all these maybes, but why I call it everyday discernment is today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. And so don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. Where is God leading you today? And you might be in a season where it's tough. If the kids are young, if you're in a job that maybe you don't like, or you have to travel far, you're in seasons in life always, but there's always a chance to serve God and serve others where you're at and where he has placed you. Yeah. You know, um, we usually start out as men, kind of operating out of the models that we have watched in, in around our life. And yeah. for, you know, probably 
close to 80% of the guys watching. You know, uh, they were raised in homes where their dads were all about work, um, always working all the time, not being home very much, uh, playing many times about them and not necessarily about the kids as much. And so they don't have much of a, a model on how to do that, right? But you had a you had a faithful mom and dad, right? And and yeah. grew up in the church. And so you had this uh you had a model that you could look at least we're supposed to start out well, we're gonna start out where our dads were and the what they modeled to us. Yeah. But if you press into the Lord, you can move into a whole new place. And really find your own rhythm as a man that may be different than your dad. Exactly. And I think we want our ceiling to be the floor of our children. So whatever we achieve, we want them to take over for us and go further than we could ever go. And that's our goal as fathers. But how are you setting that up? How are you being intentional with your kids? I'm reading a book right now from John Tyson called The Intentional Father. I would highly recommend everyone to get. And it's been eye-opening because if you're not intentional with anything in life, it just kind of happens. It goes by the wayside. But if you, you have to be intentional with being not only being a father, but how you raise your men to become boys. And it was very eye-opening when you think about our culture today, how there's not a, a ceremony, there's not a time frame when men actually become when boys actually become men. It just kind of happens. It's just an age. And so what you find is you find people boys that are quote of age to be men, but they're not acting like that men. They're not acting with integrity and honor. And so as fathers, it's our job to bring our boys alongside of strategy, of teaching them, of values, of just doing life and sharing our experiences with them so they can learn and they can feel like, okay, I'm now ready to be a man and give back to this life. And, you know, that's why you find so many men that just kind of sit around and just, and I love video games, but if you, you know, you sit around, you don't have a purpose in life. You just kind of go through the motions, play video games all day in your mom's basement. Those are not the men we need in our culture today. There is a a growing number of disparity between biblical manhood and the men we see in the culture today. And so I think as fathers, there is a huge call for us to be intentional about how we're raising our kids in partnership with our wife, but also knowing as a spiritual head of the household, we have a huge job and that's not that we should shrink back from it or be scared of it, but step into it with the help of God moving forward. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting, uh, manhood in the Bible, wasn't a place you arrived at. Manhood was transferred through a blessing from a one dad to his son. Mm. And it's kind of a graduation. It's kind of the grace. If you look throughout the Old Testament, whatever father said over that son became the ceiling of his life. Yeah, It's like right up to that point. Now, with Christ and God the Father, the ceiling is completely removed. And so we don't live under the limitations of who our dad was what he said or what he didn't do or his own patterns of brokenness in his life with Christ, we can do that. But man, that's one of the things that I discovered with my children is this whole idea is when does a boy become a man, right? Mm-hmm. To become a man when he graduates and does become a man when this happens in his life. And what I discovered in, in the, even the life of Jesus in his own story was these developmental places of his interaction with God the Father that that changed his story around 
in the sense of his calling and his identity as a son became really secure. And Mm -hmm. what happened with my own children is, and with me, is that I was first struggling as a dad, not because I didn't love my kids, not because I didn't try to do everything right as a dad. I was a senior pastor of a church, Mm. but I had pastor's kids. The problem that I had in my own life was that I'd never had an interaction with my dad where he blessed me. My dad was killed in action. There's probably a Mm. lot of guys out there who are saying, man, that's great for you, Tim, but my dad wasn't around. He wasn't present. Or my dad was drunk when he came home from work. Or I don't even know who my father is. So how does a guy who didn't have a dad learn to receive the blessing of God the Father himself so that he can become the man, husband, and father his family needs? What would you say to that? Mm. That's a great question. And it really is a journey. Uh, There's a documentary called The Work. And it's about these men in prison and these outsiders come in to have like a group session with these hardened criminals that are facing life in prison. And they get in these little small groups and they just kind of hash out why they're there. And what you see throughout the process of this yelling and and anger and crying and all these like raw emotions is you see father wounds. Yeah, You see father wounds in these men to the point where even one man who was from the outsider coming in, he, he didn't open up through the three-day process until the very end. He shared that his father wound is the fact that his father yelled at him one time when he was trying to help fix the car. And the father said that, you know, basically pronounced a curse on him that you'll never amount to much. I don't need your help. That one interaction that we might just discount stayed with that child his whole life to the point he's an adult now and can't function as a father because of that one thing. And so I think there is power in our words. There's power in the past in, in there's no, you know, we don't inherit a curse from our generations, but we inherit the patterns. If you live with an alcoholic, if you live with someone who, who taught you, you know, to live in sin, you will inherit that because it's all, you know. And so like you're saying, how do you break the cycles? You break it with the power of the Holy spirit. And it's not just a one day thing, even though you might be saved in an instant, it is something you have to walk through your faith with fear and trembling. And that's where discernment comes in to make those decisions where you think in the moment, am I being led by the Holy Spirit or am I being led by my flesh? Where in the past, I would just go to that laptop and do my thing where now I need to say, even though that's comfortable, where am I going? Where does that lead? That leads to death. I want to be led to life because my kids, my wife depend on me being the faithful man of honor that God's calling me to be. Well, you know, here, here's a here's a, a great scripture. Second Corinthians six, uh, verse eighteen says, and it's for all those guys who didn't have a good father out there. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord God Almighty. God's plan since the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned and 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 turned their back, they actually lost the presence of the Father in their story, in their life. Actually, they lost a whole trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and so when we're, when we're born again and we have, we're able to have an encounter with God ourselves, one of God's promises is one of these great uh, kept secrets. Because, you know, when disciples would watch the way Jesus did his life, he didn't do it like they did. 
because he did it like a fathered son would. Matter of fact, at one time, one of them screamed out, show us the father, that'll be enough for us. And mm-hmm. Jesus basically said, hey, if you've seen me, you've seen my dad. And so, you know, part of the the healing for men is that um, that Bill Glass, who was a, I don't know if you ever heard that name, he was a uh, Minnesota Viking football player, friend of mine, who um, got the call from God to go to prisons and to uh, to minister to these guys. And mm-hmm. so he did a uh, on Hallmark uh, one Hallmark. He asked, uh, uh, I mean, on one Father's Day, he asked Hallmark if they would give him uh, cards for all the prisoners in the uh, jail. And on Mother's Day, do the same thing. Well, Mother's Day came first, of course. And he gave those to the prisoners, say, take one, write your mom a letter, anything you want to say. So within about 10 minutes, every card was gone. 500 cards were gone. Boom. Father's Day comes, he goes in to see how many guys grabbed cards, and there were 500 left, not one. And so he determined that the reason these guys were in jail was because they they moved into the prison their own father was in Hmm. and had spent a lifetime bringing healing to men who— thought that they would always be limited, like you, you know, quoted that study, is that the devil's plan for you and me, uh, Tim, is to keep us in a place where we don't discover the Father we've always wanted. Even if we had a great dad on earth compared to God the Father, it, you know, it, it's it's the greatest bonus of all time. And the more we can receive from him, and the grace that we need to be a dad, we can do the things that maybe our dad never did with us, right? That's right. Yeah, you know, it's it's a matter of understanding love, right? If you if you are looking for love, you know, as it says in all the wrong places, you're going to come up short because there's never anything that can fulfill you like the love of God. And so even if you try to, even if you have a great relationship, right, your spouse will never fulfill you the way God will in his love. And it's from that love that we then can give love. But if you're looking for love in your kids, in your spouse, in in lust, in uh, anger, you know, where those are just, yeah, those those are symptoms of a, of a bigger problem, right? If you're struggling with one of the sins, right, that that come at us, those are part of our flesh. Those are part of the things that's our old nature. If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. But that doesn't mean that you will be perfect. We follow Jesus, who's perfect. We run the race to win. But that also means that we might take a step forward and two steps back. But what do you do? Do you get out of the race? Do you quit? No, you keep pushing forward. And that's why accountability is so important with other men who've been along the journey, who can help you, who can mentor you, which I didn't realize that for many years. I was in church. We didn't have a core group or any group of friends. We'd say, hi, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, which is the typical answer for every man. I'm doing fine. Don't talk about anything deeper. Talk about fishing or sports. But I think there's such a, a good, a need out there for men to be vulnerable, which just talking about that with men makes you cringe probably, but there is such an important need for that where you are in accountability with other people and not everybody, you don't have to share your, your, with the world, but find a core group of, of guys. I meet with four or five guys once a month. It's called our covenant group. 
and we just share. We talk about we talk about work, we talk about children, we talk about our spouses, and you know, it's nothing earth shattering, but still by being able to have an outlet, I think is so important instead of just sucking it up, right. going through the motions, you know, and, and not never sharing. Well, see, mo most men, there again, start out being vulnerable just the way their dad was with them. I mean, right. how many guys were watching right now had a, your dad came up to you and said, son, I'm really struggling today. Could you pray for me? I've been mm -hmm. sinning in this area in my life and I don't want the devil to have any access into my family and to mess you up, would you pray for me as I battle this? And, and, and I mean, most fathers don't know that they're the ones that the Lord has called to set the culture of, of what it means to be vulnerable, right? Uh, yeah, set the yeah. culture of forgiveness. I mean, we're the guys that, you know, I, I learned this in my own story, Tim. My, I heard my kids fighting when they were younger in the other room. And they were doing to one another what I've done to them. And in the locker room in the NFL, we would have this, this banter where we'd go, oh, man, just kidding, right? It's kind of a thing. You make fun of somebody and go, just kidding. Right. It hurts. And I remember um, hearing my children do this and realizing that I was the one who created the model for that. Mm. And so I walked in the other room and, I say, guys, family meeting, and they went, uh-oh, what's the sermon going to be now, Dad, right? And yeah. I, I looked at uh, my kids, and I said, listen, I know that I've done some things that have really hurt you, and I, I need to ask forgiveness for that. Would you tell me what those are? And they were silent. Mm -hmm. And my daughter, Jessica, the first one, she goes, really, Dad? She starts sharing. She starts crying. Mary starts crying. She starts sharing. Edward shares, Luke shares, Josh shares. And we had this incredible connection. And I, I did a lot of, will you forgive me? Mm. What I didn't realize, and with all the healing that happened in that moment, what I didn't realize was I was creating now this value and this foundation of this to where now I'm watching them with their children. When they make a mistake, go, you know, I'm really sorry. Will you forgive mommy for what she just said? And I'm just thinking, I had no idea. And as dads are watching out there, you know, these things that uh, Tim's talking about, when you do them, they not only get sewn into the life of your children, but this is going to, you're now training your kids to raise your grandkids. And I got mm -hmm. nine grandkids with one more on the way uh, this month. And so I know you're still a young man. No grandkids yet, right, Tim? No, not yet, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> but how powerful is that? In discerning dad, for instance, how powerful is it for dads who learn how to follow God to sow that in their children? What difference does that make for the kids? What would you say? Yeah, you know, we're that's such a that's so powerful because we're not just worried about our kids. We want multi-generational faithfulness. We want our kids, kids, kids to be saved and to follow God and to reach greater goals than we could ever. And that's that ceiling floor analogy I talked about earlier, but it starts with 
it starts with the kids you have. And I, I think no matter how far along they are, if they're one years old, if they're 17, you know, no matter how far along they are in the journey, there's always time to redeem lost time. If men are listening, saying, I wish I did this, right? We start to beat each other up. We beat ourselves up over what we didn't do instead of what we can do today, right? And I think, uh, I think being open and transparent with our kids is so important, like you said, but where I've done that too, you know, in a yelling and anger and then saying, oh, I need to take a step back. I need to ask for forgiveness. I need to make sure that they know I'm not, I don't have it all together, right? I put on this we, we think about that of our parents, right? When you were growing up, you see your parents and you think that, you know, they're, they're everything. They're all, you know, right. Until later on, you get older and you realize they had flaws, they had weaknesses, they had struggles. And some of them are more transparent than others. But at the same time, we as parents too have to give ourselves grace for the fact that we're not perfect. We want to point our kids to Jesus and not just point them to our lives. And we can't live our life either by do as I say, not as I do, we have to model it to our kids and live it out. Boy, and, so good. and I think too, for, you know, for anger, for example, is one of the things where in that moment, and this is why I talk about spirit led decision making for discernment. You know, there's three sources of discernment, I talk about the Bible, uh, Holy Spirit, and other godly relationships in your life where we can get wisdom and, uh, and learn break, from break that from down God. and talk. Um, get it out of church language and talk to yeah. the guy because we reach a lot of guys um, in our ministry who have never, ever been to church. I mean, sure. all, all over the world, guys are men coming to Blessing of the Father who uh, I was just with a bunch of guys in Newfoundland. Mm. Now, I didn't even know where Newfoundland was. After I did the show, I had to go up and look. I mean, that's like way up there above Canada. And one of the questions I asked them was, um, how many of you guys go to church? Now, you think you know, in, a, in a group of about 35 guys, you know, you'd get, you know, in Canada anyway, 10% of the people go to church. No, less than 1% go to church. One guy oh, wow. raised his hand. How many of you have never, ever been even once? All of them raised their hand. What, what do you do in your town? I mean, what's the activity? We drink. How's your marriages? They're destroyed. How's your children? Mm -hmm. We fight, battle, physical with one another. And I'm looking at these guys going, oh, my gosh. So I had to, I said, okay, I need to speak in language you understand. So take those same words now. To guys that are out there who maybe they're going, well, that's great for Tim. He's, he's, you know, we've been raised in a church and got a great start. But, man, I, you know, I, I think it's too late for me and my son. I mean, there's just too many words. What, yep. what would you say to these guys? Yeah, I think anyone listening that is curious is in the right spot because you're not content with where things are at. The fact that you're even listening to this podcast right now shows, tells me that you want more out of life, you, but maybe you don't know where to go. And so you're seeking wisdom. That's great. Seek wisdom. This is the whole point of discernment. Find wisdom that's apart from yourself. And that takes a humility that takes saying that I don't have it all together. I need to find out how I can break this cycle that I'm in, how I can make a better life for my children. So I think that's the first step. And you're already there if you're listening to us. So, right. so the so Holy Spirit actually drew you into the show. 
Exactly. You're listening I don't, going, I don't think, man, I don't even know why I'm here, but I'm listening. Right. And so, so if you start with just a simple approach to this, I think it's a lot easier than saying, you know, you need to know the entire Bible. You need to go to church 24 seven. Like there's nothing, none of those steps are, are doable. We don't even do them. So I think in our life and I've, I've failed, I've sinned, I've been in sin cycles. And so my life has not been perfect either, but I go back to my foundation. If you don't have a foundation, Jesus says you have to build a foundation in him alone. When, so when the wind and the waves and the storm comes, you will remain. And too often our foundation is in what we can build, yeah, what the yeah. world so offers you, us. Use the word foundation because I, I love that yes. word, right? Guys out there doing construction, they know what a foundation is. So what are those foundation of things, those bricks that as you're, if you're building, you know, digging your footing, putting in, you know, the framing for the concrete for, for Tim, What's like your top three things that you do that really keep you connected so that you can even know when you're going sideways? What would you say? Yeah. Well, the Bible is so important. The Bible is our main foundation. It's the inspired word of God, infallible. It is the source of wisdom and truth in our life. And the Bible can seem intimidating if you've never read it before. I would encourage everybody to read the book of John. Read the book of John there is so much analogy with father, our father in heaven. Jesus yeah. is talking about the father. If you've seen me, you've seen the father, like you said. So read the book of John, go through a commentary, go through. I mean, the version Bible app is so good because you can find commentaries when, on there. When you read the Bible, though, what does it what does it do to Tim? When you, you know, you, here you've, you've, you've struggled, you've been working real hard, you're even Trust me, when you're in church word, I was a senior pastor for 35 years. You yep. go through all kinds of stuff. And you're you don't always act like a Christian, right? You struggle, sure. you get burnt out. But what does it mean to Tim that that whole process when you open your Bible, what happens when you start reading your Bible, no matter where you read it, what happens to you? Why is it so life-giving? The Bible is, it's hard to say because when anyone can read the book, right? An atheist can read the book and get nothing out of it. But the Bible is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And so when you read the Bible with the Holy Spirit inside of you, activating words on the page that you need for the day, there is something life-giving in that that no, no other book can offer. That's it. See, you just said, when you read the Bible with the Holy Spirit, by the way, the Holy right. Spirit is the writer of the Bible. Bible Correct. is the only book where the writer is still alive. Yes. And it's not a history book. The writer's still alive. And so he, you said a, a, a great little thing there. He activates something and opens it up to you. Yeah. It pops out of the page. Like, I, I mean, I was reading the other day, you know, when Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And I was thinking, how can that be? This life is burdensome. This life is filled with, with problems and despair. How can he say my burden is light? And I think this is a, a key point I want to share. This is just an insight I had recently. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. What is a yoke? A yoke is when oxen are tied together so that they can go further it's together than wooden, they could apart. It's that wooden thing that goes around their neck. Between, yeah, you know. around their necks, wooden. Jesus probably made them when he was a carpenter. You know, and so he says, my yoke is easy. He, when you are literally yoked with Christ, 
you are not doing things on your own strength. He is there right next with you. So when he says my yoke is easy, that's because he's there doing the work. It's not all about you. And too often we try to pull the cart of life on our own without Jesus. Without Jesus right being beside in the yoke with us, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. And so that's why it's, it's powerful because we all try to go through life alone in some instances, even if you know Christ, we try to figure it out. We try to push through, we try to man up and get it done. But at the same time, it takes that humility to say, I want to do it God's way. I want to stop and not just do what's comfortable and easy, but I want to do what's life-giving and will put me down a path that will lead to my success. See, what you just said that humility, though, doesn't come until revelation. Right. Right. True humility, you know, when people are, when people try to be humble and talk gently, that's just false humility. Correct. But when you encounter Christ in that scripture and you begin to understand who God is and how big he is and how powerful he is, then you go, whoa, oh my God. Oh, Lord, this is so good. You know, one of those great scriptures, um, you, you probably know it so well, says don't worry about anything. Don't be anxious about anything, but everything with prayer and supplication, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God that yeah. passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Jesus Christ. That, so don't worry about anything. Well, I've read that for years. I taught that for years. And then one day the Lord Back me up to verse 6 there, and it says, the Lord is at hand. Mm. When he uses that word, it means Christ is right here. And because he's right here, don't worry about anything. <laughs> so he's not saying, hey, you got to just stop worrying and control your mind. He basically says there in Scripture, because I'm here. Don't worry about anything, but instead of worrying, because I'm right here, pray to me. Tell me your biggest things that, that are the monster that you can't defeat, the giant that's too big. Tell me what his name is to you, and because I'm right here, by the way, I've already known who that giant is. I killed him. I defeated him on the cross. There's no weapon formed against you. But you got to get out of your mouth what you're struggling with, guy, out loud. There's something that happens when we come to, as men, isn't it, Tim, and say, God, I can't handle this. And at that moment of surrender, his grace is there for us. His empowering mm -hmm. presence, is a, his power enables us to change, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. That's, that's that humility that you eloquently put that, once we give of give up that thing we're trying to fix, give up of that prayer request that we can't fix, we give it to God. That's why we pray. It's not to receive. We want to receive, but at the same time, prayer allows us to connect with God and his will becomes our will. Instead of just going before him with a laundry list of stuff we want, we actually get to know the heart of our father. We get to understand what he's thinking and feeling when we're just sometimes quiet before him. Um, and, and back to the routine thing, you know, one thing that uh, for me, I would come home and I would read the Bible on my phone at the end of the night as I'm in bed, dozing off five minutes in and now I'm asleep, right? And that wasn't giving God my best. And I, I changed my routines a few years ago where I, right in the morning, I read the Bible, I journal, 
Sometimes I'm distracted on my phone. A better, uh, I need to start leaving my phone in the other room before <laughs> I start picking up the Bible. So I'll be honest with you there. But it is, having a routine is so important because no matter what the day brings, because a lot of times we go every day with no really approach. We just put out fires. We figure out where we're needed and we just fix things and we just rinse and repeat. But I think having a clear routine is so important. I mean, just think about sports. Think about the military, right? There is no shortage of discipline and routines in those things. Right. I mean, you were in football, you know how much you would do those same things over and over. I mean, I, I played basketball, so you do layups over and over. Okay. I know how to do a layup by now, but why do I still have to do it? It's because that repetition allows you to be prepared for the big game. You see NBA players right before the big game, shooting hoops, doing the things that will help them for the big game. And so I, I think we can't despise the small things because it will help us get ready for when crisis comes, when someone's in the hospital, when, you know, a relationship is broken, right. we can then go back on that foundation that we've built by those small things, praying every day, reading the Bible every day, even if it seems boring doing it anyway, someone put this uh, beautifully is that I don't remember what I ate a month ago, but it nourished me for the day. And that's the way the Bible is. You don't necessarily remember, remember what you read a month ago, but it nourished you that day when you needed it. And the more that you can get the Bible in you, the more the Holy Spirit can quicken verses to you in the moment when you would just want to yell at your kids. You remember that I'm not going to do that because the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. I need to show them love as God has shown me love. That's awesome. Well, yeah, I, know there's, I know there's some guys listening right now who are going, man, Tim, would you pray for me? Why don't you pray for them right now, those that are listening right now? Yeah. Lord, thank you so much for everyone listening, every man listening, Lord, that is in all different phases and stages of life, Lord. They are here right now in this moment, hearing my voice. And Lord, you are here. No matter where they're at, no matter where they're at in this world, God, in this moment, you are with them. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you would sustain them. You would quicken wisdom to them that only comes from you, God. I pray that, God, you would show the love that you have for all of us as we are called your sons, God. As Jesus was your son, now we have that sonship through his work on the cross. And so I pray every man would understand that no matter where they are at in life, no matter who their father was in this life, good or bad, Lord, they are loved with an eternal love by a God who is love. And I pray that you would reveal strategy to them. I pray that you would bring men alongside them that can come along this life and give them wisdom that can beat them upside the head if they need it, Lord, but just that can provide truth in their life through accountability. I pray for any man who's struggling with sin, who doesn't know how to get out of it, Lord, yes. that there is freedom. There is hope. There is a way out of the sin cycle that we find ourselves in, that condemnation, that despair, Lord, is not of you. Yes. Lord, that there is a way out to freedom and to hope that is only found in you, Jesus. I pray that you would reveal that path out, that light that they can run to, Lord, to get them out of the darkness that they're in, because there are lives depending on these men. There are children, there are wives depending on us to be the man of honor you've called us to be. Yes. So give everyone encouragement today, Lord, and just help them take one step, even if it seems like a small step, that they would take that step in faith in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, my brother. How can uh, people get your new book? 
Yeah, it's called Eyes on Jesus. It's a 90-day devotional. It's on Amazon. You can also go to discerning, uh, discerning-dad.com and find my resources there. I'm really excited about the book. It's, it's something where uh, I've heard a lot of good feedback of just people hearing from God through the book, not because of anything I read. Just if you go on this daily journey with God, he will speak to you. And so I pray it's a great resource for, for everyone. Awesome. Awesome. Have you thought about doing like a little uh, email broadcast where you take a little nugget uh you know every every other day or once a week and shoot it out there i'm doing that right now it's a video series it's on if you go to faithful.place it's a new uh social media site for christian content creators and on there i'm doing a, a daily video based on my devotional so i'm on day five right now at the time of this recording but if you're interested in that, you can find that on faithful.place at discerning dad. I'm, I'm discerning dad on there. And also on version. if you're on the version app, you can search Bible plans and look for eyes on Jesus. There's a 14 day version on there for free. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we do a devotional too. We've written about 843 so far. Wow. So <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's great. And you know, you don't realize how important they are until they they stop working we had to hire another server company because that's a lot you know when you're sending out thousands a day you know over a year that's a lot so we did yeah about two 2.1 million last year or something wow crazy crazy stuff (laughs) also for everybody that's listening and for those that are following you tim uh, i have a free book called the difference a father makes You'll see the link on the screen right there. You can get it for free, and then it'll, it'll invite you also to a free webinar about how you can learn to become the best husband or father you can be. It's never too late to be the man, the husband, the father that God's called you to be. It's been a, an honor being with you, Tim, and just love the what God's done in you as a young man of God, uh, loving your sweetheart, your kids, and uh, bless you out there. And uh, thank you for tuning in to the Man of Honor show. And uh, we're here and want to say before we sign off, it's never too late for you to become everything that God has called you to be. God bless you. See you soon. 